Uh, you know, the show um, has an unofficial drinking game attached to it. That every time um, a guest <laughs> makes uh, Angela and Aaron go, <laughs> so thank you for doing that. And uh, somewhere, somebody, somebody who's, who's watching or listening to this is taking a shot. Right? Oh, very um, drunk at this point. Welcome to Bitch Talk. I'm Aaron Lim. This is Ange, a.k.a. Captain Party. And I'm producer Shar. And over the last 10 years, we've been elevating marginalized voices through interviews and events, sometimes over a glass of whiskey. Welcome to day 11 of our Sundance and Slamdance Film Festival coverage. Today, we're bringing you short films from Sundance. We have Air Hostess 737, which won the Sundance Vimeo's Special Jury Prize for Acting, The Family Circus, and When You Left Me on That Boulevard with returning director Kayla Galang, which won the Best Narrative Short at a Sundance. A big thank you to 48 Hills and our listeners for voting us Best of the Bay Best Podcast. And now on with the show. Okay, we are on the Festival Daily Buzz from Treasure Mountain Inn at the top of Main Street in Park City, talking about Sundance and Slamdance films. Uh, here with me is Angela Tabora and Aaron Lim from Bitch Talk. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com. And on this segment, we have a short that's screening at Sundance, Air Hostess 737. We have the director, Thanasis Neofosostos. Oh, <laughs> Thanasis Neofotistos, yeah. No worries, you're not the first. (laughs) All right, all right, Thanasis. Introduce us to the film. The audience has not seen it as yet. Tell us about Air Hostess 737. Yeah, Uh, so my film is Air Hostess, and uh, it's about an air hostess, of course. (laughs) But she's flying uh, a regular flight, the 737 flight, to her hometown. And we see her uh, collapsing during the flight psychologically. Uh, because she's just wearing some new braces and she's blaming her mother for not wearing the braces when she was younger. But at the same time, we find out that at the same flight, she's carrying the dead body of her mother back to the hometown to bury her. So so this is a film uh, that uh, has premiered in uh, Locarno Film Festival. Uh, Then we won a special mention for Best Film in Toronto Film Festival and we are now in Sundance. So we are super happy. For all these, <laughs> it, it's it's a fa- it's a fantastic run. You know, when when you have a short film, uh, to be able to screen at a number of festivals is an accomplishment of itself. Um, but the festivals you're talking about are top of the line festivals, and you're also winning awards, um, and it's well deserved. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, for for me, the, the watching a a slow burn dominoes going over and watching someone uh, crumble in front of our very eyes um, is always hilarious and harrowing at the same time, which I think this film is. Um, I would love for you to to start off and talk about um, working with a single character and having that as a focus um, and yet keeping it dynamic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I quite, I, what the review says (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, and people, the audience, I mean. Uh, this is quite my taste. So I am a very hero-centered uh, director. I really love uh, focusing on uh, the struggles and uh, what my main character uh, has as a goal. And let's say I'm giving them something like as a time bomb in uh, these few moments of uh, the film uh, to, to solve this in the, uh, during this time bomb to solve a specific uh, dilemma. Let's say, for example, this, it's like a, re a reconciliation with your mother or not between an air fly that is going to collapse so, and then maybe a possibility of crossing the airplane and this is her last chance of meeting and to reconciliate with your mother, with, with your dead mother. But still, there's this symbolic uh, environment that the mother is alive. So this is uh, her, her main goal of this character. I'm just digging into the braces and the actress. Um, <laughs> what, what direction did you have to give your lead actress in terms of working with the braces? And did the actress have to already have um, a background in having braces? <laughs> so it's very accurate. And it made me think about when I had braces as a kid. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, neither me, neither my actors have experience with braces. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the main reason is that uh, I saw this film in a dream, specifically, mm -hmm. all, all the film. I had an issue with my mother, which uh, as an LGBTQ person, a gay person, a very conservative society, and I'm from Greece, and uh, family. I had issues to speak to my mother about my things or speak to her about that I felt that she'd never loved me when I was uh, younger, etc. So I saw this film in a dream that I had to speak with a dead mother that I was carrying in an air cargo. I was an air hostess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't care about my dead mother in air cargo, but th then the, the airplane was crashing and then I was like, oh no, I want to see my mother for my last time. Uh, so I woke up crying. As I wrote the I was I was uh, this period I was writing my dreams. So I wrote this uh, dream now, and we made it as a script afterward. And something was missing, and uh, because we wanted to, without saying like backstory or like flashback or etc., how this uh, this mother never cared about her. So we thought that the braces. To answer your question, uh, the braces is something as a meme that we all have that if you see a young boy or a girl, a young uh, child with, let's say the opposite, with bad teeth, you immediately uh, feel that this is a, uh, this is a child that nobody is taking care of him. Mm -hmm. So uh, the opposite is like, if you have braces, then some, some, something, someone is uh, taking care of your uh, teeth, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's usually, this is uh, uh, something that happens in your childhood. So that's why the braces and her struggle and her beginning has to, oh, my mother never put me in braces when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did this prosthetics, uh, that see, it was difficult for her to speak with these prosthetics. So we put it this as a as a tick as a, as a something that was uh, we put it in the role, and she was like always, ah, I can't take off my braces. <laughs> so put it in your role, do it this what you don't can take it, do it in the film, and this is what uh, happened at the end. 
That's that's interesting that you shared your experience with losing your mom and and how this kind of came to you in a dream because I I did also lose recently lose my mom and as somebody going through grief I related to this character you know but having a completely different relationship with my mom that that you did I still related to this character because you have something that's plaguing you but you want to blame it on something else that's easier to deal with you know and you're trying to replace this hole with something else have you heard certain sentiment from people who have watched the short and kind of related to it. Like, I want to be like, if somebody wants to know where my head's at, watch this, you know, that's what I'm dealing with right now, you know? Well, also, sorry, maybe we, it was a lost in translation, but I didn't lose my mother. Oh, I thought you, oh, no, it was it just was, in a dream. It was a dream, yeah. Oh, okay, dream, okay. But it was a period that I couldn't speak to my mother. So mm. I dreamt of a, of a dead mother. I, 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 let's say I prefer to speak to a dead mother in a dream rather than to my real mother in life. Mm. That was uh, the, the deeper feeling. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, the, the audience love the film. They, they really uh, empathize with the character and the story in the film. Uh, I, I mean, here in Sundance, uh, there was a, a person that came to me afterwards a little bit crying and hanging me and say, I love you. This, uh, I really connected with the film. And he was also an LGBTQ person. Probably he had found something, a relationship there. Even if in the film you cannot really feel the LGBTQ plus uh, elements, but yeah, it, it was interesting that he was one and he mm. really empathized with the film. You know, it, it, it's interesting. I I work with um, uh, LGBT fest, and you know, and it's always an interesting dynamic when when we have a filmmaker, uh, an LGBT filmmaker, but the the film itself. Is not necessarily an LGBT film. So, on your film festival tour, uh, is that something you want you th that you're looking forward to screening at those particular festivals? Um, because I think it's it's. I mean, I love this film, you know, and yet it doesn't fall thematically, oftentimes programming wise, within those fests. But if I was a programmer, I would want to have you at my fest with this <laughs> film. What you know? What is your outlook like as you look ahead for your rest of your film festival tour? Uh, well, I mean. I want to, my 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 reason that I'm making films and I'm the director is to communicate with the audience. So it, it would be a pleasure to communicate also with the LGBTQ interested audience. Uh, but if it does that not happens, it's okay. At, at the same time, for me, it's uh, funny when I see this character and especially Vanina, the protagonist. For me, it's 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 like my, in my mind. Uh, a queer, let's say, uh, icon. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if we don't yes. speak about his sexuality or whatever, this is like a, an icon for me. Like, uh, I don't know. This is funny at the same time, very extra expressive. Uh, um, so yeah, I would be happy. The next uh, short film festival, the next festival, which is uh, like the biggest short film festival in the world is Clement Ferrand, I mean, the international competition. But I don't know if an LGBTQ comes up. I would love that. Yeah, I, you know, it's, now that you mentioned that, I could easily see some air hostess drag uh, yeah. going on. <laughs> it, 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 oh, inspired. the braces, <laughs> extra <laughs> large braces, and just the little. Yeah. Oh my God, I wish that will come true. Uh, <laughs> Again, yeah. the film is Air Hostess Seven Thirty Seven. It's a short screening at Sundance. It is it's just wonderful. It, I just love this film. And now let me see if I can get this right again. We've had with us the director, the NASA's Neophytosis. Neophytosis. Oh, go! We <laughs> had two tries at it. All right, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you so much. This episode is made possible by Ann Wang, Natalie Gamble, the Papa Lowdown Agency, the Friesen Family, Jenny Ying, 
Fleetwood, aka Nico, Melanie Pena, Lauren Lim, Catherine Tulio, Courtney Kita, Myla Blog, Anita Tabora Rodriguez, Arabella DeLuco, Chloe Jackman of Chloe Jackman Studios, Shauna Festi, Stephanie Walton, Lisa Shad, Antoinette Tabora, and Storied San Francisco. Thank you so much for donating, and a special shout out to the Slamdance Film Festival for providing us a recording home in Park City. Here we are on the Festival Daily Buzz, uh, recording out of the Treasure Mountain Inn at the top of Main Street in Park City, talking about Sundance and Slam Dance films. I'm here with Angela Deborah and Aaron Lim from Bitch Talk. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com. And on this segment, I love these segments because I love giving love to short films. We have two shorts here, really good ones. The Family Circus, we have director Andrew Fitzgerald and one of the stars of it, Elise Den. And When You Left Me on the Boulevard, we have the director, Kayla Galang, and one of the stars of that film, Kaylin Dulay. Welcome, everybody. Hi, Hi. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Now, we've got, two, we've got two films to talk about um, and a limited amount of time, but we want to introduce the audience to the films. So, Andrew, let's start with you. Introduce our audience to The Family Circus. Hi. Yeah. So, I wrote and directed a film called The Family Circus, um, and it is a tense kind of comedy thriller about this Vietnamese-American family who uh, they're attempting to cover up the youngest son's drunk driving accident on Christmas Eve, but uh, when the police arrive, uh, their whole plan starts to unravel. It unravels hilariously. Um, and then when you left me on that boulevard, Kayla, introduce the audience yeah. to that film. Um, so when you left me on that boulevard is a little coming of age comedy set in mid 2000s Paradise Hills where I grew up. And it just watches a, a teenage girl and her cousins get high before flailing around at Thanksgiving at their auntie's house. And um, all the while she just harbors a really big crush on a boy whose call she's awaiting. So... Fun <laughs> and we've all been there in some, in some, in some, in some form or another. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go first. And um, th this question's for both Kayla and Andrew. Um, but you both talk about um, family dynamics, but in very different ways and very different situations. Can you can you talk about why you chose those specific situations to write about? Well, it's, it's really like I just simply miss my my family, my community. Um, so I, I grew up in San Diego for about 10 years and moved to Texas, the, the suburbs of Katy, Texas in 2007, which was quite the whiplash. And so I was like, I felt like I was very immediately ejected out of this community that really raised and nurtured me mm -hmm. and suddenly didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. So um, just... Uh, back in 2019, I, I got to reunite with a lot of my aunties for the first time since 2006. And so that just kind of had me meditating on the distance I had from this community and how much I wanted to go back to it and just uh, commit it, you know, commit the memory to something. Um, so I really just wanted to capture the very specific like textures of my family gatherings and <laughs> all the spaces I'd really gravitate towards. Um, it's because it's just funny to see all like the very specific divides <laughs> um, mm -hmm. at these parties, yes. <laughs> um, especially like the, the kids and the teenagers and like the really chismes undies. So <laughs> <laughs> just, um, yeah, I just wanted to capture those textures and those spaces and share them with people. So cool. Andrew. Yeah. So. My film is loosely based on an actual incident that happened to my family and I. And mm. uh, <laughs> while it was happening, I just remember 
thinking it feels like I'm in some kind of noir film right now, <laughs> plotting with my parents in the middle of the night. So, uh, right. Uh, so that really stuck with me, and it just, it, it was such a weird story. Um, and, uh, you know, when I decided to make a short film about it, I was like, well, my family, you know, has an interesting dynamic. My mom's from Vietnam. And I started to just reflect on what it was like for us, some of my experiences growing up in a really small town and just uh, injecting some of that into this really stressful story. Because um, I also think it's really funny uh, to, to put a family kind of through the ringer like that and you know their their dynamics and relationships really get heightened and you see kind of how how people freak out <laughs> but at the same time uh how how tight-knit we are uh as a family and how we have each other's back and we're just always trying to protect one another and do the best thing for one another Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to turn to our stars here, um, Elise and Caitlin. Um, what was it like to play a character that for the directors was so personal? And also, what did you want to bring to your characters? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like this whole story was very personal because like, even though it's set in 2006, I was four during that time. But I remember so much of that time because like my childhood was childhood was so prevalent with me and like going to those family get-togethers and especially Thanksgiving is like one of my titas she's the one who had all those parties and in the film we have a token white uncle (laughs) 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 yes and like that was the same for that specific tita she's the one who hosted it that um and her husband was white too and it was just like so on the nose with a lot of things and yeah, like being able to go back home because I moved up north and I'm originally from San Diego. It was so personal and I was able to see that specific tita and I told her like when I was reading the script and everything, you're the specific auntie I thought about and she like was so touched by that. Mm. And um, unfortunately, I lost her after filming. So it Mm. became so much more like heartfelt because like I told her we were going to watch it together but Mm. I she passed but I know she watched it wherever she is um but yeah like I just thought of all my older cousins Mm -hmm. and like since I was one of those little kids running around just like I was hanging out with them but I was like on the floor watching them play like Smash Bros and Pokemon so I just have (laughs) a lot of memories and I was like channeling all of my great memories and cousins and guias and everything for that yeah she's proud of you for sure oh yeah. i know she is <laughs> now i'm crying thanks, <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> oh my gosh um for me i had a long conversation i told you i'm crying i had a long conversation with andrew before we start um working and the way he talked about his mom with such love and reverence that i thought okay I have to really handle this with the care and love that he has for her, you know, so it it adds an extra layer. It wasn't just about honoring the script and just playing a character. There's a real person out there who's going to see this. And I just wanted to make sure I, I portrayed her with the respect that she deserves with the intention that he wrote the character. But at the same time, I appreciate it that Andrew said, I want you to play too. I want you. It, it, she's still a fictional character. She might be based on, you know, loosely based on, but I don't want you to think that you're playing my mom. I want you to have the creative freedom to also play and create a character. And that was, um, that was 
Yeah. So there, there, there were those two layers. And then I remember when we wrapped, I just came up to Andrew and I said, I don't, I did this for you and your mom. I don't really care what anybody says. <laughs> I really don't care what anybody's reaction says. I said, did you get what you needed from me? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when he said yes, okay, I said, okay, my work is done. And that's all I care about. And then when I got here, got to meet his mom oh. <laughs> and she hugged me and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I need. This was before the premiere. Okay. And she hugged me and she said, thank you. And I just said, okay, I'm good. Mm. <laughs> Nothing else matters at this point. I don't care if people, I hate the well, No, I do care. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate my, I hate my performance. Like, I don't care if all, everybody has hated my performance. I wanted them to love the movie for Andrew, of course. But you know what? His mom did that. I was like, okay, I'm good. Mm. Uh, you know, the show um, has an unofficial drinking game attached to it. That every time um, a guest <laughs> makes uh, Angela and Aaron go, <laughs> so thank you for doing that. And uh, somewhere, somebody, somebody who's, who's watching or listening to this is taking a shot, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk, um, talk about the specific challenges. Hey, this is um, a comedy, by the way. That yes, we, it is. Yeah. This is a hilarious show. Yes, they are. Comedies. Yeah. Wow. We just made it so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk to our two directors about the challenges specific with these two films. Um, one, Andrew, you've got a house of cards that you build up that we watch and, and we're laughing with each step as this thing just gradually falls apart before our very eyes. But that's really hard to achieve. Um, and especially when you get into editing and it's like shaving off a half second here or adding a, 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 you know, a reaction or a look there makes all the difference in the audience laughing. Um, and, uh, and Kayla, when you're talking about, um, when you left on the boulevard, that, that, that thing of, of, of putting us there and making us a member of the family that, has been at that Thanksgiving dinner and has either been one of the little kids on one side of the wall or has been one one of the the women on the other side of the wall gossiping or the men in the in the in the kitchen or even like during the karaoke you know that is key too because um it's so specific and yet if you don't and and and, and yet it's also um not you can't overdo it because then it just becomes fake so, Andrew, start first talking about um, after shooting, editing, and make sure you got those bits right perfectly and yet kept it real. Yeah. And then we'll go again. Cool. Yeah. So, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, edit, in, in the edit process, it was always about trying to strike that balance because, you know, one reaction shot, cut away, too many, tension totally deflates. Um, and you know the scene no longer works. So it was just this constant uh, experimentation of how 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 far can I stretch it before it starts to not work anymore. Um, I work primarily as an editor in TV, so um, it's really where I feel most comfortable uh, and where you get the chance to really explore the ideas and, and make sure the film works. And you just kind of beat it up and beat it up and beat up beat it up until it does, and then you can send it out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kayla, then yours, is, it's more about question of tonality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you set up your shots and, and, and how, you know, how you communicate with your actors and, and everything to make sure, again, that it's all it's real, but it's also not boring the crap out of us. So 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 talk about, you know, what, what you did to achieve that. 
Um, I think the big part of it going to it was like, I really wanted to create the dissonance of the family space, like going from quiet to loud, just because um, I really wanted to capture the experience of this teenager just trying to find her place um, in this space. I really wanted to create something super immersive, um, whether that was like in the very like lived in character dynamics and, and letting like, you know, Kaylin and her cousins play um, or like letting, you know, like. Elle and Melissa, who play, um, you know, uh, Auntie Pinky and, and Lee's mom, respectively, like have their own little, they, they're such weirdos. I love them. <laughs> um, so it's just like about, you know, letting them, you know, breathe and play and then, you know, just crafting that dissonance like through, you know, um, the sound design and... Ah, sorry, I just yeah. like completely lost that thread. No, I don't. I know. I think we know. I think we know where, where you're at. Sweet. But, but, but yeah. again, it's it's done done so so very well. And and like and I have to say also, but you uh, before we close this out, that um, I I so love um, Kaylin explaining in such wonderful detail about the situation with this boy, and and then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then we go to the other two girls, and they're going, "That's nice." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like real. it's like yes, it's so real. Yeah, whether you're a guy or a girl, yeah. you've had that moment. Yeah. Where you go, but it meant so much to me. Yeah, yeah. okay, whatever. That's, cool. That's cute. <laughs> cute. Yeah. Uh, oh and we also have to give the wonderful Michael Ironside a shout out. Yeah, shout out to Michael Ironside. He um, wanted to be here, but he got COVID right before. Oh. Yeah, but he's fantastic in the movie. But man, talk about as a director, having someone that you can just kind of hang your hat on and go, I'm fine with this guy. I'm Yeah. Yeah. I was really intimidated to, to meet him. Well, yeah, it's Michael Ironside. <laughs> he's like a, he's a legendary heavy. Um, but he was just a really sweet, generous collaborator. And, um, you know, he, he brought just so much experience and just he, he has a presence. You know, you point a camera at him and it just starts to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's and then he, he just the, the choices he made and his, you know, the experience that he brought just really added so much more dimension to the character that wasn't in the script. Well, again, both of these uh, shorts are just awesome. Uh, the Family Circus, uh, we've had director Andrew Fitzgerald, uh, one of the stars of the film, Elise Den. When You Left Me on That Boulevard, we have the director, Kayla Galang, and cast member, uh, Kaylin DeLay. Wonderful to have you all here. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. It. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Crying was fun, too. It's all fun. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on today's show. You can find more information about this episode in our show notes. If you're missing us, you can visit us at bitchtalkpodcast.com to sign up for our newsletter and buy us a cup of coffee. Did you know we're also on the radio? You can find us at bff.fm. And lastly, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Only the coolest bitches are doing it. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.